0: Hey, welcome to the Jewish Road Podcast. My name is Matt Davis, and I'm here with this guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm Ron. I'm the senior member, and uh, we're here. Yeah, we are. Um, we've been a little traveling. I, th- I think one thing that we realized was uh, ever since October 7th, it's been, uh, as time of recording right now, it's been 54 days since October 7th, and we really kind of came out the gate with all of that Overwhelmed, uh, lots of requests, lots of people asking us questions, yeah, a lot of articles, a lot of podcasts, a lot of interviews, yeah. and it's it's busy. And I think we just both needed to take a break. Yeah, uh, it it
1: did get crazy there for a while. It's still kind of crazy, um, and we've got uh, a lot of speaking and uh, touring that uh, we're uh,
0: looking at, uh, even within the next few days. Yeah. So what we want to do is. Look at the season that we're in, um, and really, like there, there's this. It's it's an interesting, it's a weird, it's a weird time because we're going into what should be a a joyous celebration time, and and really the the season that's upon us is not Christmas for us. it's uh, it's,
1: it's Hanukkah, and uh, you know I know that there's a sense out there where everybody is now coming into that mode of joy to the world and all of that. Uh, And yet there are some very troubling times that uh, we're looking at and it's coming right as we're coming
0: into the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah. Yeah. And we've, we've done, if you want the happier version of the Hanukkah story, we've, (laughs) we've done a few podcasts in the past, but it feels like when days were happier. yeah, Yeah. Back in the good old days. But, uh, it feels like there's a cloud over all of the stuff that we're doing. It feels like there's a cloud over life. Like I feel, yeah, yeah. um, I, I, just keep looking and reading and like, it's, it's just, it's all just awful.
1: Yeah. Well, and obviously we're, we're talking about the war, uh, that is taking place right now in Israel and the attack that, uh, took place against them. And, uh, I'd have to say that October 7th, uh, changed the trajectory of the whole world.
0: um, life as we know it changed. Yeah. So we look at at this and we are going to get into we we do want to talk about Hanukkah because I what I think is is true about this is that this Hanukkah is different mm-hmm. and this Hanukkah is also no different than yeah. all of the ones before. And and so I want to unpack that a little bit. And and to remind you, we've talked through some of this and we've spoken in some churches recently We've had more time to unpack this and, and talk through, but there is uh, a, a history leading all the way up to the birth of Jesus um, that really recounts its Jewish history um, that goes all the way back to the time of Abraham. And yeah. we we said that this this battle that we see before us is not so much a an Israel and Hamas battle. This is a battle between good and evil. Yeah, there's... Uh,
1: you know there is a physical battle taking place, but the battle that is really
0: taking place is a spiritual battle. And and also with this, you know, one one thing that we hear we were just talking about this before we pressed record, but. We look at this as there's Israelis and there is a whole contingent. I think we've been shocked at how big this contingent is worldwide of people who hate the Jewish people. Anti-Israel, anti-Semitic, these marches all over even just Rockefeller Center. They're trying to light the tree in New York yesterday. And everything had to stop because there's people who are protesting they're not protesting the tree, they're protesting that the fact that Israel is the aggressor, they're the occupier and they are they're the ones committing genocide. We are in a parallel universe. Yeah. It's unbelievable.
1: Well, and when you look at it that way, uh, you know, you can see what we were talking about about the fact that this is a spiritual war that's taking place. It's a war between Satan and God. Yeah. Really. And you know, I think that a demonic spirit was unleashed on the whole world uh, on October 7th is different than anything that any other time this happened. And I don't know if you remember, but it was probably about nine years ago when the Ayatollah of Iran Mm -hmm. wrote a book. Mm -hmm. And he said in it, he said, in 25 years, we will totally destroy Israel. Mm. So that was nine years ago. And, you know, when we look at October 7th, This was yet another satanic, demonic attack upon God's covenant people, and it's Satan's promise that he's going to conquer God. That's where the war is, and uh, the Jewish people are a part of that because they're God's covenant people, and he will fulfill his promises to them. Uh, So, We've got this battle kind of uh, set before us, and we've had it all the way since Genesis.
0: And I think the other clarification that needs to take place is that we look at this. People say, well, what about the the poor Palestinians? Uh, you know, And we want to separate Palestinians from Hamas. That Hamas is the real aggressor. And it was interesting because there was a study that came out, uh, a poll— uh, the first time this poll was taken, but it was taken of Palestinians, what they thought about what was happening. And I'll put the the, the source in the, in the show notes here. But what they thought was happening, they looked at what Hamas did to Israel, and 76% of the Palestinians looked at this with favor towards Hamas. In fact, they said they felt even more proud. I think it was 78% felt more proud of their... Palestinian heritage, which yeah. is yeah. Uh, we, we That's have to astounding. be astounding. It is astounding. We have to be careful to not say the poor Palestinians, because there is a major majority, majority. of those folks yeah. that are rooting this on. In fact, the the hard part, there, there is this like joy and sadness that that coexist. That we look at that they're we're in a season right now where there's a, a ceasefire, whatever that means, for however long that goes. Well, they already broke it once. Yeah. So, but but we have hostages that are being released, um, which yeah. praise God, we get to see women and children that they're being released. But but yeah. make make no mistake that they are holding out the men, and they're going to to the very last minute, they're going to be holding out the soldiers because that is. That is the big token at the end. We're going to drag this out. But as they're releasing them, imagine you are a a mom or a kid. They put you in the back of a van. You have no idea where you're going. And they open up the doors. And they're going to release you now to the Red Cross vans. But between the Hamas van and the Red Cross van, you have to take a walk down a street. And that street is lined on both sides with... Palestinians, not even waving Palestinian flags, they're waving Hamas flags yeah. and they're taunting and yelling slurs at these Israeli children and and mothers and old women who, as, don't, who don't even really know where they're going yet. Right. Yeah. They don't know if they're being led to their execution or what, but I mean, thank God they're being led to their freedom. So I, I, I want to just make sure that we understand and we get a lot of questions about this, but it's, it's not. We, we have to be very careful I, I I have a lot of empathy for Palestinians that are that are stuck uh there there are such things believe it or not as Christian Palestinians and God bless them and I pray that they have an amazing witness but we have to make sure that we divide this by those who want peace and love life and those who are evil and want death yeah. and that's what the whole thing is I mean it's it's a war
1: uh between those who want life, who love life, uh that that's exactly what Moses told the children of Israel. I set before you, God said, uh, this day, life and death.
0: Deuteronomy thirty.
1: Yeah. Choose life. Choose life. And so Israel in all of these and Israel is not perfect. No. You know? No, no. Uh, no. We we don't agree with everything that takes place there, but they are God's covenant people. And we need to understand that it's God's covenant that is now at stake. Yeah. And so you have one side, you have a people who are choosing life and obviously another side that is choosing death. I don't think Israel would ever, who, which is the most humanitarian military in the world would ever do what
0: has been done to them. On October 7th. Yeah. And I, I I know we need to get to what we actually said we were going to talk to <laughs> and talk about, but yeah. it, it is interesting because the mastermind uh, who orchestrated all of this on the Palestinian, on the Hamas side, um, the mastermind for October 7th, yeah, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, he was in an Israeli jail. Right. Uh, and what was interesting, so he, he not only took upon himself to learn Hebrew fluently, consumed the media, but while he was in prison... I don't know if you know this, but he kept getting headaches, and they found out that he had a brain tumor. Wow. Well, well, in an Israeli no, know that. An Israeli doctor performed a surgery, life-saving surgery, removed that tumor from him, and totally healed him and saved his life. Wow. Only so yeah. that he would be released for Gilad Shalit, um, right? That was like 10 years ago, 2010, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, a thousand Palestinian prisoners for one Israeli soldier, because we value life so much. It's almost our detriment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, and that should speak volumes to the world and anybody, you know, listening out there, it should really speak into Christians in the church uh, because, you know, there, there are some who are wavering a little back and forth on this. And uh, yeah. So, Israel released this guy who ends up masterminding the whole plan that killed 1,400 people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's focus. Yeah. We've got to focus because <clears throat> what we want to do, it, let's look at Hanukkah through the lens of all of this, right? So you look historically and you have covenant made with Abraham, you know, 2,000 years or so be, before the time of Jesus, Um, And there's a covenant made finally in the 15th century BC, we have the the Israelites get to come into the promised land. They have the promised land. We have a United Kingdom, Um, right? After they came out of Egypt, we have the United Kingdom with with King Saul and David and Solomon. Mm -hmm. And then we have the divided kingdom. And then, but Israel is still sovereign and in charge of the land, even though it wasn't the full promised land of what God promised in Genesis 15.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, the the full promise would have encompassed uh, some three hundred thousand square miles, and the most that they ever had under David was, uh, I think, up north, up to a part of Turkey. Um, yeah, we have some maps there. We'll yeah, can put those up too. So, you know, they, uh, you know, they were a sovereign people within within their land that God had given to them until a certain point.
0: Well, you you have. 722, right? We have Persians, but really it's the Assyrian, the Syrians, yeah, I'm sorry, the Syrians, and then we have 586. We have Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. Yeah, actually Babylon
1: and Nebuchadnezzar, there were three deportations of the Jews. Mm-hmm. The first one started in 605 BC, and uh the last one that you mentioned in 586, and with that one was the destruction of the temple and of Jerusalem, and that began actually, officially, the times of the
0: Gentiles, which we are still now in. And what does that mean? Well, we have this history of the enemy, if you're looking at this, the force of evil behind. If we can destroy the Jewish people, one thing that's prophesied from the very beginning is the Messiah would come out of the tribe of Judah from the line of David. If we can knock out the Jewish people, then the Messiah can't come. This is the thwarting that takes place, going all the way back to Genesis 3, so the enemy says, if I can destroy the Jewish people, then the Messiah can't come. And then proves God a liar. So you have all of these moments throughout history where the, the story, the plot is trying to be turned on its head. Right. Yeah. Or if he did come, if the Messiah did come back,
1: uh, it would be uneventful because the people that he was supposed to fulfill the promises to are not
0: here. That's right. Yeah. So we get all the way to uh, 167. B.C. Mm-hmm. This is roughly about 160, 165 years before Jesus's first coming, before the incarnation. Right. And set the stage for what's going on here. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, what, what you have here is, uh, you know, Alexander the Great, um, he passed away. He died very early in life. Yeah, 35 years old. Yeah, something like that. And uh, at one point, he was on a path of destroying and overtaking all of the the countries and the kingdoms of the world. He got to Jerusalem, and what was interesting is the people in Jerusalem met him as he came in, and they showed him in the scripture where it was written about him ahead of time, prophetically. Mm -hmm. And he looked at that, and he turned around and went away and didn't destroy Jerusalem at that time. Mm. But when he died... There were four generals that rose up, and Daniel talks about that as four, four heads of this beast or dragon, and out of those four, what you really had was fighting that went on amongst these generals. Uh, you had the Seleucids in the north, which was Syria, uh, Lebanon area, in the northern area, and the Ptolemies in the south, which is basically Egypt. Egypt,
0: yep. Yeah, and they're fighting each other. Um, but you and, always have this land bridge right in the middle, and it's always Israel, right? Israel's always right in the middle of of all the trade routes <laughs> yeah. and everything else.
1: Yeah, you know they got to be saying, "How in the world did we luck out like this?" Right. But uh, there, you know, out of the Seleucids in the north, those four those four heads that rose up, there was one that rose up above all of them, and uh, this was Antiochus the Fourth. Yes, and. Uh, uh, also referred to as Epiphanes. I think he called himself Epiphanes. The Jews had another name for him. They called him Epimenes,
0: uh, which that meant... uh, Well, Epiphanes was like a god, manifested like a god, and Epimenes was more like a madman. The madman, Antiochus the madman. And, and, and really the quest is we're going to Hellenize the world. We're going to make everybody Greek. And what that meant for the Jewish people is you can no longer be Jewish. Right. And so this is the sweeping trend that's going throughout. And
1: th- w- what is interesting about this is, you know, the Jewish people uh, are not at this point in time. They're not Torah driven. They're, they're not, you know, following all of this. And they probably would be fine if someone didn't say to them, you can't be Jewish anymore. Hmm. And all of a sudden, the stubbornness that was there, you know, kicks into the other gear and says, what do you mean we can't be Jewish? And it creates this war that's going to take place uh, between a band of Jews who are going to defend their Jewishness and their temple and so on. Well, and there was even a
0: split, though, amongst the Jewish people. Many gave in and just said, fine, we'll be Hellenists, right? And we're going to... This Greek way of life is fine, but you you do have the, this band, and we're, what we're everything comes to a head in 167, and it's in a little town called Modin. Modine. Modin, yeah, and and Modin actually it's exists. still there. Yeah. It, it's a town. So I just remember every time we left Jerusalem and we'd go on our way up to Tel Aviv to the airport. You pass Modiin about halfway in. Actually, today uh, it's 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 growing uh, like like crazy. We actually have friends that just moved from Jerusalem to get out of the busy, crazy city, and they're going 20 minutes up the road. It's an easy train ride, and they're right there in Modiin. But in this place, uh, there was there was a confrontation that really was the start of a revolt. What we call the Maccabean revolt. Yeah, yeah, and and that was
1: uh, you know the. Um the the forces of Antiochus Epiphanes um, put a halt to everything Jewish that they could practice. No more circumcision, you know, uh, no more bar mitzvahs, no more uh, keeping the Sabbath, no more Torah, none of those things. And uh, and so there was a group uh, led by uh, a man uh, named Judas
0: Maccabeus, Mm -hmm. Judas Maccabee, and uh, but even before that, they come into town and you have the high priest there, and his name's Mattathias. Mattathias, just yeah. like my name, yeah. Mattathias, Mattityahu. he's kind of a hero in the story. I'm not sure if you noticed that, but he comes in and, and really they say, Hey, we want you to make a sacrifice to. Our uh, Greek gods. And right. there's actually a, a Jew there who said, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. And that was, did not bode well for him. No. And so Matthias says, you cannot do that. Matthias kills that man yeah. and then kills the soldier that was commanding this to happen. And really what that does is it, it starts a revolt. And Mattathias has five sons uh, and they're this Maccabee, the word Maccabee, um, means hammer. Mm. And really, even today, you have the Maccabee Games. It's, uh, it's, it's really kind of a, a very cool sports term and still very much around, but it means you want to hit like a hammer. And mm. and that's really what they did over the course of three years. They continued to push this tiny little gorilla tribe. And you can read the story, but they, they kept pushing back and pushing back until they finally were successful three years later. Yeah. And and so uh, they uh, they took the temple back, is what you're saying? Yeah. And so here's actually a little bit of a snippet. Um, if you want to read the story of of Hanukkah historically, it's it's in uh, First Maccabees. Well, there's five books of Maccabees, but it gets weirder as it goes along. But
1: yeah. it, it's part of the apocryphal collection of books, uh, so it's not really scripture. Uh, but Maccabees has always been looked at as a pretty accurate historical record. That's right.
0: And, and so one of the things that happens is Antiochus and, and the armies, they, they go to the temple in Jerusalem and they desecrate it. They they kill a, blo- uh, a pig, they sacrifice a pig, they put blood all over the altar, which is a desecration uh, yeah. right there on the altar. And so after the war and the battle is done... Um, then they, they go through. This is uh, First Maccabees uh, chapter 4, verse 36. And it says, Then Judas and his brothers said, See, our enemies are crushed. Let us go up to cleanse the sanctuary and dedicate it. So all the army, they assembled, they went up to Mount Zion, and there they saw the sanctuary desolate, the altar profaned, and the gates burned. And in the courts, they saw bushes sprung up as in a thicket, or as on one of the mountains, and they also saw the chamber of the priests in ruins. And their response was they tore their clothes, they mourned with great lamentation, they sprinkled themselves with ashes, fell face ground down on the ground, and they blew signal trumpets and they cried out to heaven. So this is a, a sad moment that they see what has happened to this temple that was there, the presence of God. Yeah, and, and what we said in the beginning, uh, you know,
1: th- this holiday that ends up being commemorated as a result of this. Um, you know, we we look at this and we see that uh, there is nothing new uh, in
0: the history of Israel. That's right. So once again, we have a people group that is trying and demonically motivated, but trying to wipe out the Jewish people. Right. And the, the beauty is that, that they were not successful. We'll get to that in a second. But What's interesting is that they, they wanted to cleanse and rededicate the temple. And it says that they deliberated about what to do about the altar of burnt offering, which had been profaned. And they thought it was best to tear it down so that it would not be a lasting shame to them that the nations had defiled. I even think about the uh, police station in Sterot. Um, it was totally, there was a massacre that took place in the police station there on October 7th. And they just said, we just got to, we're going to wipe it out. They just leveled the whole thing. Yeah. There's nothing left. Um, And so it says, so they tore down the altar and they stored the stones. I think this is interesting. They stored the stones in a convenient place on the Temple Hill until a prophet should come to tell them what to do with them. I think that they realized even then, um, that there was not a prophet that was speaking to them, that this is a part of Jewish history where God is on the move, but the the people are not always listening, that God is moving despite that. And so they put the, these stones off to the side until God is going to tell them, and then they rebuild the altar, and now they go through the process of rededicating this temple.
1: Yeah. And so the story is, do uh, you want to you talk about the story, about the, the lighting and so on and so forth? Yeah, well,
0: I, I think um, it, it, it says it right here. It, it says early in the morning on the 25th day of the ninth month, it's this Hebrew month called Kislev. There you go. Uh, it says they rose, they offered sacrifice as the law directs a new altar. Uh, and it says at the very season, on the very day that the nations had profaned it, it was dedicated with songs and harps and lutes and cymbals. And clarinets and accordions. And all thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) And all the people fell on their faces and they worshipped and they blessed heaven who had prospered them. But they celebrated the dedication of the altar for eight days and joyfully offered burnt offerings and they offered a sacrifice of well-being. They decorated the front of the temple with golden crowns and small shields. They restored the gates and the chambers. There was great joy and the disgrace brought up by the nations was removed. And so it says, Judas and all of his brothers, all the assembly of Israel determined that every year at that season, the days of dedication of the altar should be observed with joy and gladness for eight days, beginning the 25th day of the month of Kislev. Uh And that is... On the calendar, it's it's this next week. It starts uh, December seventh, I think, this year. Yeah, the evening
1: of December seventh. Yeah, um, and uh, the the legend is that they had enough oil for one one day to burn for one day uh, because it had to go through certain rituals
0: of purity and so on and so forth. Well, be and, kosher, and the oil was there to to light the near tamid. Yeah. In, in the temple. So right. the near Tamid is the, the eternal light, the eternal light. So they go back as they're rededicating, they're basically turning the electricity back on They're They cleaned everything up. Now they're, they're lighting the temple, getting everything back to how it was. And they go to light this near Tamid and there's not enough oil. There's enough oil there for one day is, is yeah. how the legend goes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so uh, miraculously that oil lasted uh, for eight days until they could make new oil that was purified and uh, and, and could be used. And
0: uh, so that's that,
1: how we get the eight days of Hanukkah.
0: So we have eight days for that, but also we have the eight days it's, that's prescribed here in Maccabees. But it's also, if you ever see... Uh, Jewish people, there's two things that we eat. Everything is deep fried in oil, which makes everything very healthy for us. It's, yeah, it's great. great. No heart yeah, just, attacks or anything. I love it. You <laughs> love it. But we have potato latkes, which are glorified hash browns. Yeah. And then we also have sufganiyot, which are donuts, usually jelly filled. And it's just to remember the oil there. The but, oil. But that's not the real miracle. No. What's the real miracle? Uh, oh, my gosh. Well...
1: the the real miracle, I mean, they talk about the fact that it's the rededication of the temple. Uh, Obviously, God intervened and saved his people Mm -hmm. once again. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is always doing that because uh, we we need to understand that he is going to protect his covenant. He's going to protect his covenant people. And so he does this once again. But I I think, uh, and, and so we celebrate uh,
0: you know, Hanukkah as God delivering and rededicating the temple. And he preserved his people so yeah. that about 160 years later, the Messiah would be born yeah. from the tribe of Judah, from yeah. the line of David, yeah. as was prophesied.
1: Yeah. And so we have this Jewish Messiah uh, at one point, and John refers to this in uh, John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 22. He refers to the fact that uh, it was the Feast of Dedication at Jerusalem.
0: So you're saying that Jesus celebrated the Feast of Dedication. Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. He celebrated Hanukkah. Yeah, he's there, and he had a purpose
1: in all of this. Uh, says it was winter, and Yeshua was walking in the temple in Solomon's porch. Yeah. Wow, what a what a, what a great thing, and uh, and so what what is interesting here. Um, you know, the, the chapters prior to this uh, in the Gospel of John are talking about the Feast of Tabernacles, and they're talking about Sukkot, and it's an eight-day uh, festival, right? right? Yep. And so uh, I think it's not really an accident that after discussing Sukkot, John then relates the life of Messiah to the next feast. Oh. And here it is three months later, and Yeshua is here. He's showing up for Hanukkah, and it's another eight-day feast. And, uh, you know, during Sukkot, Yeshua declared himself to be what? To be the light of the world. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, And this was in John chapter eight, uh, and that picked up three months Later, he made statements about himself at the Feast of Hanukkah once once again. Hmm. And and so when we're looking at what is taking place here, and Yeshua is, is saying, I am the light of the world, and he comes in, and here we have the Festival of Lights here, uh, Hanukkah. Uh, he went to Jerusalem for the purpose of observing that feast, Uh so that uh, he he was walking in the part of the temple compound that we just said was Solomon's porch. And uh, while he was in the compound, the people surrounded him. And it's interesting, as we read in John chapter 10, it says, so the Jews gathered around him and said to him, how long will you keep us in suspense? Hmm. You know, they charged him with obscurity. Mm-hmm. in, in this whole thing. Um, and, uh, they're saying it's not clear concerning your identity. Listen, are you the Messiah or are you not the Messiah? Right. And so they're saying, how long are you going to keep us in, re- in suspense? If, if you're the Messiah, tell us plainly. And Yeshua answers them. And he says, you know, I told you with words and I told you with my works. I already told you. He says, uh, I, I told you. And you do not believe the works that I do. There are the works in my father's name, bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. Hmm. Wow. And and we have the shepherd passages after that. Yeah. The sheep hear my voice. He also said, I am the good shepherd. There's about seven I am's in the gospel of of, uh, John here. I am the bread of life. I am, you know, I'm the light of the world. Living water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. He says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. Hmm. And boy, that that lights a stick of dynamite with uh, these people. And you know what, what he's really saying? He's, uh, when he's saying, um, my father and I are one, he's making a reference, really, if you think about it, back to the Shema. Hmm. Um, because, uh, you know, what does the, the Shema say? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, Echad. Mm-hmm. But it's a compound one. It's not an absolute singular one. And so uh, he, what he is saying, if God is one and Yeshua is one with God, then he is therefore God himself. Mm-hmm. And he's holding this out at the Feast of Dedication relating the whole thing back to the eight days and the light of the world and so on and so forth.
0: There's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel better?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, you just know, need to get it out. I was just yeah. going to sit back and, and listen a little bit. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, and, and we're talking about the fact that, uh, you know, there, this there's an attack taking place on God's covenant people, and you know, you go. We, we can't ignore October seventh, and we go back to that, and we can see that there is a demonic spirit that's unleashed, and it's different than any of the other attacks, uh, attacks that have taken place in terms of its purpose and the preparation. You know, it's just a frontal attack to destroy Israel, mm-hmm. and uh, and so we, we are. With the understanding, we have the understanding that Yeshua is the Messiah. He's the light of the world. But we're going back to this, uh, the, the remembrance of this holiday of Hanukkah. And we're seeing uh, a, a page of history has really been turned here. And
0: I don't think we're going back. No. Uh, if we're going to wrap this, what I, what I think is important for us to realize if we just very quickly, very, very quickly unwrapped this time from Abraham coming all the way up to the Messiah, that there has always been this element that has tried to remove and get rid of the Jewish people because if the enemy can get rid of the Jewish people, he can remove the faithfulness and the covenant that God has with his people. That's how we know that we're not going away. I don't know how God is going to do this in the end, but what's really important is that since the time of Yeshua's coming, the incarnation, since Jesus was born, died, and then rose again, and then ascended to the right hand of the Father, we've had another about 2,000 years that's taken place. And all throughout, we can take from that moment when Jesus was ascended back into heaven, from that time until right now, we have the same attempts that have, have come against the Jewish people. There's been a, a constant attack. And like we've said earlier, it, the enemy just reloads his hatred into another people to, to hate the Jewish people. And all of this is in preparation for, and I know that what we're, we're leaning for or towards in this season is the incarnation, Jesus and his birth. And while I think it's incredibly important and fulfilled all kinds of things, what Jesus was concerned about while he was here on earth He didn't keep going back to, let's celebrate my birthday. He said, I'm coming back again. And I want you to know that there will be elements that are going to try to subvert that plan also. And if we don't recognize what has happened on October 7th as an enemy's plan to eradicate the Jewish people, we're missing the plot altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh,
1: you know, I, I think it's interesting because... We're, as you said, we're entering this season of the birth of the Messiah. We have the baby in the manger, and I think a lot of people would be very happy to keep him as the baby in the manger. Ooh, that's good, you know. And what we need to come to is a realization of where we are in history, because I believe that we're in the last days right now. All of this fighting and warring, and you know, regardless of how brutal and and you can't even find words to describe it no matter how how bad it is um, it, it would just be more fighting among the nations and more wars and more you know death and so on if not for one fact and the one fact is is that in 1948 Israel was back in the land yeah you know um, and, and so the fact that they are back in the land, We see all of these things that are taking place as part of the birth pangs that Yeshua talked about. Yeah. And, you know... He says, you'll know the season. Not not only did he talk about it, the rabbis talked about it. That's right. You know, know that in the Talmud, um, it talks about when you see nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom, be ready for the footsteps of the Messiah. That's right. I mean, it's amazing. And so uh, even the rabbis are looking for it. But what's happening now is that these birth pangs are getting closer and closer and they're more intense and more intense. And that's why I say, I I think, you know, we've turned a page in history and I don't think we're going back. We can't go back because Israel in the land was the super sign that, you know, the Lord is setting the stage for his uh, second coming. And so... These things that are taking place—I mean, it's happening—is, uh, you know, given our time and place in history, uh, it sure seems that we are very close to the end of the age and the return of the Lord.
0: And not only should we be the ones that are looking towards this, but guess who else is looking towards the end of days? Every Muslim on the face of the earth. Mm. If you look at, and we, maybe we need to let's get uh, Joel Rosenberg on here. We'll we'll talk about yeah. this, but yeah. the the eschatology, the end times. Of, and the beliefs of the Muslim community line up exactly with our our end times theology. Yeah, except yeah. it's just reversed. They, they have their Mahdi, yes, which is their
1: Islamic Jesus. That's right. Yeah, but we're not going to get into that. We, that D- that's discipline. a whole other thing. All discipline. By itself.
0: Discipline. That's yeah. what we need. We need yeah. lots of verbal yeah. discipline. Well,
1: right you know, so you know, bottom line, it's not just another outbreak of fighting. Uh, it would be, but for the fact that Israel's is back in the land, and that changes everything that happens. And uh, our message, the message that we want to get out there, is it's a message to the church, it's a message to Israel, and it's a message to the whole world. Given what you're seeing,
0: what we're talking about here, wake up. Yeah. We 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 have stories, and, and we are going to stop here, but it's... um. There are stories of, of Israeli soldiers that, it, that there's, there's a transformation that is beginning. Um, not that Jewish people are coming to Jesus, although there has right. been a slow progression of that, but there are Jewish people that are coming to God, yeah. the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And our prayer is that they not only find the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but that they remember or that they would know that he sent his son, the Messiah who's already come, yeah. but that they would know that he's coming Again. Yeah. Um, so there is movement and there's things to be hopeful for. But I, I don't know if you've ever like I growing up listening to all these stories, I used to think, man, I wonder what it would have been like to grow up during the times of the Bible. Yeah. And for those of you who are listening, make no mistake that right now we are living in biblical times. Yeah. Um yeah. I'm not calling any dates. I'm not gonna say this is what when everything's gonna happen, but the what we're experiencing and what we are seeing take place on a world stage, we are living in biblical times. And yeah. if you want to hear the happier version of this story, then go back to the other ones that we did uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. But this is, it, it's just, everything's coming together. Yeah. We, we, we always used to talk about the signs of the times,
1: but rather than that, now we're talking about the time of the signs.
0: Oh, I see what you did there. And
1: it's brilliant. How it's, do you
0: you have so many of those things it's unbelievable it's
1: just the trivia that floats around my head yeah it's it's amazing
0: but it, it it's
1: you know this this is the truth and uh you know we we are at the end of the age i had something to say about uh, what what you had just said And And now it's gone. I can't remember what I was going to say, and I can't remember what you said.
0: (laughs) That's like a double forget. (laughs) Well, I think that's a great place to stop. And maybe uh, it'll come back, and uh, we'll put it on the next podcast. Uh, A couple things I want you to hear real quick. This is our our fourth goodbye by now, right? We say that. Yeah, yeah, it's a Jewish goodbye. It's a Jewish goodbye. The Jews say goodbye, and they never leave. That's right. So uh, for our fourth goodbye, Hanukkah is coming. And uh, you can celebrate Hanukkah even if you're a Christian and you Christian home. And we actually did something to help you out with this. If you go to our website right now, uh, there's a bar going across the top, and it'll say, click here, and it'll be for Hanukkah. But celebrating Hanukkah in your Jewish home, we will take you through. You'll get a shopping list. You'll get recipes. You'll get games. You'll get videos of us every single day so that you can celebrate for eight nights. Uh, the hanukkah story you said in your jewish home you meant in your christian home oh in your christian home yeah. i said jewish home yeah boy we're both forgetting things yeah. now this is <laughs> this is this is bad we yeah. need one of us to be good it's, at one uh, at least one yeah. one t- yeah. in the time well, that we're doing this that's, but, that's why i picked up the bar and yeah so here we go uh go to the website and you can sign up for that and then that'll give you access to uh, see all of that that stuff that we have going on with hanukkah And then we're coming to year end, and we want you to know that we are so thankful. One of the things that we've been doing over the last couple weeks, and we have a lot more coming in the next couple weeks, um, but we're sharing the message that we feel that God has put us here for a reason. We're actually just figuring this out. Just kidding. Well, well, I think October 7th changed the trajectory
1: of where we were in terms of the Jewish road uh, to a
0: certain extent. Yeah. I mean, we're still in the two-act play. Uh, absolutely and, very pertinent and the two-act play was all about how uh, how do we make sure that we're telling the whole story right. and what we see going on in the world is the whole story is not being told yeah. we we have the greatest story ever told and it's it's only being half told yeah uh, and what you hear in the media what you hear in the news you're not getting the full story yeah. and so we yeah. want to be able to do that for for such a time as this we feel yeah. an urgency for yeah.
1: that
0: yeah I, I've got I, you know I've, <laughs> I don't know
1: God. what you're doing. Uh, so, something's coming up. I mean, it just occurred to me. Can I say something? Yeah, I uh, give you permission. Yeah, oh, boy. It means I'm um, in charge, I guess, huh? Uh, you know, I, I became a believer 48 years ago. And, uh, you know, the whole thing about becoming a believer 48 years ago was proving and apologetic that Jesus is the Messiah. And I remember one, one of the people who had a great influence was Hal Lindsey and his book, The Great Late Great Planet Earth and so on. But from what we were just talking about, the trajectory has changed. We still We don't want to divorce ourselves from that, you know, apologetic of the Messiah having come the first time. But we see a, you know, a new horizon here. And we need to talk about the fact that not only did he come once, but he's coming back. That's what I was going to say.
0: All right. For our fifth goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) We want to say thank you. Um, And honestly, we can't do this without you, but we really uh, feel uh, compelled that this needs to take up more of our time. And it is taking more of our time. Um, But if you feel led um, that the Jewish Road is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that is crowdfunded from generous people who are part of our tribe from all over the world. And... Um, The Lord has just absolutely surprised us, not only with incredible gifts and and the love that you've all poured out, but even from the people who we least expected. And we're so thankful for each and every one of you. Um, We're thankful to be able to be conduits, to be able to send funds and support to the people on the ground in Israel so that we might give life. We are a people who choose life. We say, L'chaim. Every time we take our wine glasses, we clink them together and we say, L'chaim to life and so we not only want to be people who bring life but our Jewish people are missing the greatest life possible and that's eternal life and that's only found in Messiah Yeshua so thank you for bearing with us we have a lot to get out and apparently there's still more once you remember those other couple things yeah we'll yeah. have to go I'll, back and work on it yeah yeah in the meantime we say pertinent
1: now as much and maybe even more than ever that we pray for the
0: peace of Jerusalem. That's right. So thank you for listening and Shalom.